time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right. Welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited about uh, today's topic. It's a Friday, and I want to talk about this topic of prayer. You know, we're in the middle of Mystery Month. It's October, a month of mystery and creepiness and eeriness. Have you ever noticed that the Halloween costumes are getting more and more creepy out there, more and more realistic? We had pieces of plastic we put over our faces when I went to get trick-or-treat when I was a kid. Anyway, it's Mystery Month, and we're talking about prayer because prayer is a mystery. I mean, I don't know how much you've you know, engaged in the whole idea of prayer or not, but if you've had any sort of prayer life, you know prayer can be a huge, huge mystery. When you think about it, being able to communicate with our Creator is really kind of a interesting thing, isn't it? An eerie concept, perhaps, because you can't see Him, right? Like most of the people that you talk to in life, you either see them with your eyes, you hear them with your ears, or you see a text message or some sort of other printed, tangible communication with them when you talk to them. But God's not like that. Several years ago, I gave a presentation at a zombie convention called ZombieCon. And um, about 7,000 zombie enthusiasts there, every type of possible freak you could even imagine. And some of the cast in The Walking Dead were there, stopped by my booth, had some cool conversations with those guys. But anyway, here's the point. So I was giving a presentation there, and the moderator that introduced me from the stage was going to do the interview and have me do my presentation was a former... um, commentator from like the Seattle Times or something like that. This was up in Seattle, Washington. And he introduced me and he said at one point, he goes, yeah, and I'm sure at some time during uh, this interview, Jeff will tell us all about his imaginary friend, God. And it's kind of like, you know, people chuckling in the audience. And I was like, ha ha ha, you know, you're, you're a funny guy, right? I'll tell you that story some other time, but here's the deal. So a lot of people go, okay, you know, you can't see God. So is he just imaginary? Is he just up there? You know, the truth is, I mean, lots of people across the world pray. I mean, people from all religions pray. I mean, radical Islamic militants cry out to Allah after beheading their enemies. They pray to him then. Hindus pray to a multitude of gods. You know, Christians pray to Jesus and to the Father, to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it seems that we don't get what we ask for, but somebody from another religion gets what they ask for. How does that work? I mean, what's going on there? What does that say about prayer and the validity of prayer? You know, we think we know what prayer is because we've been taught certain prayers, maybe growing up in church. But do we really know what prayer is? Have you ever wondered why some of your prayers pay off, why others seem just to get lost in cyberspace somewhere, you know? It's like they just never got past the ceiling when you pray. Has trying to figure out how the whole prayer thing works ever bothered you? It has me. I think one of the most liberating things I discovered Early on as a Christian, I didn't become a Christian until I was 16 years old. But when I discovered that I didn't have to bow my head and close my eyes when I prayed, that was that was kind of liberating for me. That was, you know, kind of helping me to, you know, pull back the uh, the cover off of this mystery. But, you know, people pray at all kinds of things. They pray at athletic events, which is sort of, you know, sometimes confusing me because people pray sometimes that they'll win. Well, maybe the other team's praying that too. Who does God listen to? How does he decide? Why does prayer just seem so random? It's almost like putting 
quarters in a drink machine, never knowing if a if a Coke's going to come out at the bottom or if it's going to take your money. Prayer's kind of like that sometimes. So are there any conditions for prayer? Does God say, okay, you, you need to you need to make sure this is straight before I'll answer your prayers? Well, actually, there are conditions in the Bible. And God says that he won't answer our prayers in, John, in James 4, 3, if we ask with wrong motives. So our motives has to be pure. Mark eleven twenty five 25 tells us that if we're refusing to forgive someone, God's not going to listen. Psalm 66, uh, 18 says that if there's sin in our hearts, God won't listen to our prayers. Men, if you don't treat your wives right, treat them with respect. First Peter 3, 7 says God's not going to listen to your prayers. If you don't come to God in faith, Matthew 21, 21 and 22 says when we fail to ask in faith, we don't get what we ask for. We don't pray according to God's will, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, that we won't get what we ask. So, you know, prayer can be confusing sometimes because then sometimes you're just in a horrible mood and you just cry out to God and then he answers. So how, how does all that work? There's mystery there. No one has ever figured out all of the ins and outs of how prayer works. And sometimes it's hard to remember all these things. to get. Does my heart have to be completely perfect in order for God to answer my prayer? You know, it reminds me of when my boys were small. My father-in-law, who was an avid golfer, took them to play golf. He wanted to teach them how to play golf. And, you know, he would take them to the golf course, and, you know, they'd come home from the golf course, and I'd say, hey, how'd it go? And they would go, it was horrible. I'd say, why? And they were all complaining about, all the things that their grandfather had tried to fill their heads with to remember before even hitting the golf ball. You know, he'd say things like stand up straight, bend your legs, lift your chin, align your feet, position the ball, watch your swing path, check the wind, lean forward, look down, open your stance, loosen your grip, concentrate, check your target, lean back, square your shoulders, straighten your arms. Now relax and hit the ball. <laughs> you know, as a result, um, uh, my, my guys didn't like golf that much when they were little. It was more like quantum physics to them. So you can you can really see how prayer could appear to be this way to some people. You're trying to check off all these things to make sure that you get what you're asking for. Well, did God design prayer to be that way? I mean, does he really want us to jump through all these spiritual hoops? I mean, do we have to wait for the planets to magically align before we can get confidence of getting what we ask for? And if not, then... What are the rules of engagement in prayer? And why is it that sometimes when we fail to meet all these previously mentioned conditions, God still answers our prayer? I mean, how does that work? Well, obviously, God wants us to come to him. I mean, prayer is a huge part of a relationship with God. So he wants us to come to him. And when Jesus' disciples ask him, said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus began a very, very interesting way. And I think we have a clue about prayer and the words that Jesus Christ gave to us. This clue, I think, really helps to dissolve some of the fog of mystery around prayer. He begins by encouraging us to address God as Father. Father. Not Eternal One, O Great Sovereign Lord, Almighty King, though there's nothing wrong with those things, nothing wrong with addressing God like that. However, Jesus had this one shot, you know, to teach them. And he said, address God as our Father. 
Now, Father communicates something very important and very specific. It communicates a connection, almost a bloodline, an affinity, a relationship. It communicates intimacy and access. It means there's history between you and the one to which you're speaking. The word implies a strong dependence. You don't call just anyone your father. There's a deep respect there, but there's no fear. There's submission, but there's no slavery. Father means there's freedom to approach God without fear of condemnation, that you're they're confident that grace will flow from his throne when you approach him. In fact, there's a really cool verse over in Hebrews chapter 4. Listen to this. I first read this, this verse. It just blew my socks off. It's Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. We talked about that last time in the mystery of the God-man. But one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Now listen to this. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Duh. In fact, it's crazy. This little phrase, draw near, this is the only time this occurs in the entire New Testament. So that tells us something about prayer. This is a a revelatory clue here, is that one of the key purposes of prayer is that we might draw near to God. Get close to God through prayer by pouring out our hearts to him about what we're feeling, what we're going through, about what we need, our time of need. That's the whole point. God's not just, you know, 911. He's not just calling the fire department. I don't want to look at God like that, but he is there for us to pour out our hearts to him. And so a real key in prayer, see him as father, having that access to him, knowing that we'll always receive grace and always receive mercy and to be honest with him. I mean, he knows our heart anyway, right? I mean, when my, my boys were kids, I knew, I knew what they were thinking half the time. I knew what was going on, but it meant so much to me. They would come to me and talk to me about it to include me in their lives. And God wants a relationship with us. That's the point of Christianity is that we might have relationship with God. And so it's not like walking in the principal's office, you know, so to tell God, you know, it was, I started the fire in the boy's bathroom kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's not that. It's not we're, we're getting in trouble. God says you'll always get grace. He's not a traffic court judge to those who are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's our Father. And so he wants us to come to him. He wants us to be honest. And you can read through the Bible and see how incredibly, brutally, raw, and honest people were with God. I mean, David, read the Psalms for crying out loud. David's going, where in the world are you? I don't understand this, God. You know, Job, Job was honest with God. God had to rebuke him for his his ignorance about stuff, but he was still honest with God. Jesus Christ was honest with the Father, telling him in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, this cross thing, if there's any other way to do this and save these people, let's, let's do that. But nevertheless, your will, not mine. Even Jesus was honest with the Father. And so we have to be honest and we have to realize that we have access with God. Now, God wants us to ask him for things. 
Sure. But God's not just, you know, rub the lamp, the genie's lamp and get what you want, get three wishes. He's not just some, you know, cosmic vending machine that we get our spiritual life snacks from. But God wants us to create this attitude of prayer in us. And that's why Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Have you ever wondered how that is even possible? Pray without ceasing. I mean, is Paul really saying we're supposed to all be like monks and go up into some caves and just, you know, chant stuff to God 24-7? No, that's not what he's saying at all. What he's saying is that we ought to have a lifestyle where talking to God about our lives and approaching him and living our lives before him and thinking our thoughts before him are as natural as breathing. That's what it means. That prayer is as natural as breathing. Now, it doesn't mean we're, we're flippant, but it, but it's in the flow of life, we just talk to God. And we don't have to pull over and park. You know, we don't have to bow our head, put, you know, clasp our hands together or something. like. Just talk to God. Be honest with Him. I think of it this way. It's kind of like, you know, and you do this, by the way. For the most part, you keep your cell phone on 24 hours a day. I mean, most of us just, the cell phone's on. So if someone wants to call us, they call us. We know when we're being called or, or being texted or whatever. And if we want to check something, we just go to our phone. It's there, it's on, it's ready to go. That's the, the kind of way I look at prayer. Like the prayer, the prayer thing's on all the time. And so there's this open line of communication that goes on between us and God. So we don't segment our lives into the spiritual and the secular and the fun and all this other stuff, you know, it's like, no, it's just, it's always on. So we can live our lives before God. And that means we, we can think our thoughts to him, involving him in the daily practical things that are going on in our lives. I mean, if we're honest with God and, and we come to him that way, we can open up about everything, about our thoughts, our dreams, our desires, our hurts, our goals, our frustrations, our sins, everything that makes up your life, you can talk to God about. I mean, sometimes, to be honest, I can stand out in my backyard and see the crisp Ozark Mountain night and, and just see stars beyond imagination. And I just stand there with my head cocked back and just worship and tell God how incredibly amazing he is. I can get lost in that. Sometimes, though, I'm coming to God and I'm filing complaints about things I don't think should have gone the way they went. And I'll just give God a piece of my mind, you know. Because I'm honest. I'm just sharing frustration. And God wants us to vent to him. He wants us to be honest with him. You know, he wants us to get our heart calibrated to his thing. You know, he just wants us to be able to share our hearts and our emotions to him. So I tell him things like that. When I'm angry, I'll talk to God about it. It doesn't matter what I'm experiencing. Lust, joy, bitterness, disappointment, panic, fear, depression, anticipation. It all flows through me into him. And I think God likes that. I'm discovering in my life that prayer is a way for God's presence to grow in my life. God's presence. Prayer is a way for God's presence to grow in my life. And so that honesty, that access, our Father, that's just incredible, you know? And obviously as we come to God, we're humble. I mean, we, we realize that we're the creation, that we're, you know, we're not God. And all that God has done for us, I mean, there's a sense of, of humility. And in light of all that, he, he wants us to come to him and ask us for things. 
big things, impossible things. In fact, the very first couple of verses I ever memorized after becoming a Christian at age 16 were this. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. And I memorized it from the Living Translation because that's the Bible I was given. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's wonderful peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. In other words, just pray about everything. Just dump your hurts and your needs and your problems on God. And you know what? That's better than paying a therapist. That's better than shouting at the world. That's better than, you know, punching a hole in the wall or kicking the cat. That's the way God is. I mean, he, he wants us to tell him all these things and to look at him as our loving father. We can come to him for any reason at any time. And we can keep knocking on his door and he's never going to say, hey, you're bothering me here. Leave me alone for a while. Just one moment of peace from you. No, he never says that. In fact, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, to cast all of your care on him because he cares for you. So prayer is a way to share your whole life with God, not just the religious bits. You can't get around the fact that God wants us to ask. So come to him and ask him for stuff. Now he is God and he has the prerogative to say no. Sometimes his answer is no. You know why? Because I don't even know what to pray for. I just know what I'm feeling. I know what I want. God says, I know what you need. So sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes. Other times the answer is not yet or wait. And to me, that's like a no. Sometimes, you know, I was like, hey, no, I wanted an answer right now. Sometimes God just says, I want you to wait. Now, I can't tell you why that happens sometimes and why it doesn't. I just know God's the one we're asking. So he's the one that determines whether or not we get what we want, when we want it. But I just want you to know that that it's an overflow of relationship. And during those times when he says no, understand the relationship's still intact. He still loves you, still cares about you, still cares about your needs. And yet at the same time, he wants you to trust him. So yeah, prayer, we, we get stuff when we pray, yeah. Prayer is a way to call out for help, but look at prayer as a way to connect with God, as a way to commune with Him, as a way to tell Him how you feel, not just the bad stuff that's going on, but tell Him how great He is. Tell God how incredibly awesome He is. Look around you and see how blessed you are. See how fortunate you have been and how God has helped you out so many times in your life. He deserves for you and I to go before him and just absolutely praise him. And you know, that's part of what we're going to do in heaven. You read in Revelation chapter 4, you read all through Revelation really, and you see what's going on in heaven. You know what they're doing? They're telling God how awesome he is. And that's part of prayer. And that's part of maturity too. The more we grow, the more we realize how awesome God is. So yeah, prayer can be a mystery, can be really hard to understand. It's this tapestry that's kind of hard to unwind sometimes and get a handle on. But if we look at prayer as simply an overflow of our relationship and a way to connect with God in a very real way, it kind of takes the mystery away, kind of takes a lot of the, the formality of it. And even though we may be formal in public at church and stuff like that, you know, when it gets right down to it, it's just a heart issue. Crying out to God, telling him how awesome he is and telling him what we need from him. That, to me, is what prayer is all about. So, Christian, pray away. 
Hey, next time on the Vintage Truth Podcast, we're going to talk about the mystery of the Christian faith. I mean, there's a lot of mystery out there in the world and what people think about Christianity. I mean, how can we be the only way? And if we are the one true faith, then why is there so much division and bickering within the Christian community? Why are there thousands of Christian denominations? I mean, isn't that confusing to people? And how can we simplify our faith down to one powerful belief? The mystery of the Christian faith. Next time on the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'll see you then.